This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to Short Shifts. Lewis, I know you're out there. I'm excited to welcome myself back. I'm doubly excited to welcome you back because this is our first episode in a week. Say hello to everyone. How's it going, folks? It's so good uh, to have the chance to talk to you here, uh, for you to have our voices coming through with some fantasy hockey advice for you here today. We've missed you. I'm ready to get going. Let's get into things, man. Yeah, I'm very excited for people to hear us. I I think that every day when I talk to someone, I'm like, this rocks for whoever I'm talking to, to hear me right now. Uh, I know. I was trying to find a way to say that without sounding horrible. And I, it, I, don't think it, I don't think I pulled it off. I'm not sure I stuck the landing. You know what? I am in favor of just going for it, though. You know, like, if you're not going to love yourself, who is going to love you, Lewis? Besides your wonderful family. <laughs> Uh, Of course, you are joining us on another episode of Short Shift, brought to you by Keeping Carlson on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We are the twice-weekly check-in between the ginormous Sunday evening episodes of Keeping Carlson, keeping you up to date with fantasy news, takes, and analysis. If we do not talk about a player you want to hear more about, you can always reach out to us on Twitter at ShortShiftsKK or by joining the Keeping Carlson patron Discord group at KeepingCarlson.com slash patron. All right, Lewis, let's get into the show. And I wanted to start in Calgary, where the uh, the Daryl Sutter-led Calgary Flames are now 3-0 and to start the season. Uh, this was actually, and I saw something reading Elliot Friedman's 31 Thoughts column today. He cited Corey Snyder at Shutdown Line on Twitter, who does very thorough game tracking for every single game around the league. And on this season... Calgary's putting up around roughly the same number of scoring chances so far under Sutter as they have been all year, but the scoring chances against were way down in the first two games of Sutter's return to Calgary. It is early to draw conclusions. Like, I'm not trying to say over three games that we can say now for sure the Flames are going to be a grinded out team, but I mean, we've seen what Daryl Sutter does as a head coach, right? Like it makes sense that that goes with what we understand about Daryl Sutter hockey. It's early to draw conclusions, but that could be really great news for Jacob Markstrom managers, but it also could mean lower scoring games in the Canadian division. I wonder too, if those, you know, the scoring chances for numbers don't come down just because he's so famously defensive, defensively minded, it wouldn't really shock me you know, to see Calgary turn into more of a Columbus type, like two, one win, grind them out team, which would make me, it would make me nervous for a Monaghan or a Goudreau. I think it's fine for, like, I think that under Daryl Sutter, you could see that Mikhail Backlund line, or you could see Matthew Kachuk 
really coming into their element in in this different style of hockey. And I don't know that I see Goudreau or Monaghan suiting Daryl Sutter's style of play quite the same way. Yeah, I think that raises an interesting point. And, and certainly, you know, Markstrom owners are, are hoping for a return to form to what we were seeing earlier in the season. I do wonder if you go down a couple goals to say the Oilers, you know, Dreisaitl and, and McDavid put a couple on you. Are you going to be able to uh, survive while still kind of playing that style or are you going to have to open up a bit? But yeah, I think you're right that it could uh, be exciting for, you know, the the uh, goalie as we see a little bit more defensive focus. We'll see how things go. Speaking of defense, though, it's worth pointing out we've seen a little bit of a shakeup on that top power play uh, where we've seen Noah Hannafin getting some run with the top power play. Uh, Bad news for Rasmus Anderson owners who have already been enduring a bit of a cold streak there. I think it's still a bit of a wait and see, but if I were in a shallower league, uh, I might be eyeing the waiver wire and seeing what's out there, especially because Anderson has been quite cold lately and isn't giving you really anything in terms of peripherals. So something to keep an eye on. Certainly, you know, don't jump to conclusions so much. I'm not saying if you're in a deep league where, you know, if he can, uh, Anderson can get back onto that PB1 and be useful for you. Um, you know, that you should ditch him quite yet, but it's certainly something to keep an eye on. And maybe we can check in on it in a few games uh, and see what the power play one is looking like. I mean, I said it a few weeks ago on this very program, Lewis. I thought that Rasmus Anderson was a sell high after he went on a bit of a stretch, even while he wasn't quite back on that top power play unit. And that's what kind of made me wary of him was just that he wasn't putting up points on the power play. He was instead getting them at even strength, which he has not been you know, super prone to doing in the season. And so now on the year 29 games in, we have a pretty solid sample size on Rasmus Anderson as a power play one defenseman, and he's pacing for 40 points on the year. So I kind of am over Rasmus Anderson. I I just, he's given me, you know, Nick Letty, Josh Morrissey vibes of just like, sure, he's on a good unit and there'll probably be good games because of it, but I definitely don't think he's a, a must hold. Yeah, I think you've got the right idea there. And yeah, uh, unless we see, you know, kind of a, a turnaround here where he gets some top power play run and puts some scoring together. Yeah, I think uh, it'll be time to, you know, say thanks for the good times, but we got to move on to to someone a little more interesting. Would you uh, would you stream in Noah Hannafin? I mean, I, I have to say I'm a little bit interested hearing that he he got he saw two power plays on that top unit they didn't score and so i i'm definitely not you know convinced that he'll stay but i you know he's he's going on my watch list that's for sure yeah i think that's the right approach is just uh you know follow game day lines and see who's getting deployed where Uh, and if you have some good opportunities i mean obviously you know there is some value in that top power play uh, player especially if they can get involved in the play a little bit and Hannafin's probably more likely to get you a little bit uh, on the peripherals a bit more than Anderson's going to as well so he's got a little bit sturdier of a floor makes him quite appealing I just came up with a pitch for an action movie, and it's about all of these older players that come back into the league, and they end up on a team where they're they're all getting power play one, line one deployment. It's called The Deployables. What do you think? <laughs> I knew it was going to be some kind of a bulls, and I was my mind was racing to see where you were going to go with it. I actually kind of love it. All right. I appreciate that. Uh, Let's get into the injury section of the program. And we are going to start in Pittsburgh, where we don't have a ton of information here. So I'm not going to, I don't want to spend too much time on it. But Evgeny Malkin did not return from the first intermission after taking a hit from Jared Tenorti. 
in his stead, Kasperi Kapanen ascended to the top power play unit, which I do like to see. Of course, this does mean that that second line, which Kapanen was getting that exposure to Malkin on the uh, at even strength, has now been disbanded, of course. Um, I don't have many takes. It's a bit of a bummer for Tristan Jari if Malkin is out. This is just something to keep your eye on, though, I think. Yeah, you know, hopefully it's nothing too major. It certainly in the moment didn't look like something too bad, just a little bit shaken up. So, yeah, I would hope that uh, we see Malkin return. But, of course, we have seen him brought low um, by some nagging injury. Uh, again, something to keep an eye on. Certainly interested in Kapanen if he can hold on to that top power play. He's already been a very valuable fantasy asset for you this season. Do you want to take us to our next injury? Yeah, so uh, this was one that we predicted on our last show last week before we took our little hiatus on uh, Friday, which is uh, we have already seen Aiden Hill uh, ascend to uh, starter position with Auntie Ranta out. You know, it's kind of like predicting that the sun will rise tomorrow. I don't think that quite puts us in profit standing. Um, but yes, Aiden Hill got the start against Minnesota, had a bit of a rough go so far uh, on Tuesday, letting in a very early go, but it remains one nothing. And this is your uh, twice weekly update on a game that will be over by the time you hear the podcast. But yeah, you know, we talked about Aiden Hill as being a guy that we liked and could have some confidence in. Uh, just, you know, from his performance in a relatively small sample size, and we thought that he might be able to outduel Ranta while Kemper was out, and it looks like he may be out for a while longer. Uh, so yeah, if you are looking for a goalie, uh, Aiden Hill, likely out there, could be an option to slot in for you. Yeah, I don't want to take too much credit for saying keep your eye on Aiden Hill because it's it's just a bummer. I mean, I feel I feel terrible for Ranta, a guy who had such a promising career and was with my lovely, horrible Rangers and uh, got traded out because he was too good to back up Lundqvist. And it just sucks to see these guys, you know, struggle through injuries for so long. But I was uh, I was a little bit worried about what we were going to say about Hill when he gave up a goal within the first minute of that game against Minnesota. But he seems to have settled in a little bit more. Uh, we are going to go over to New York for our next injury, where we are going to chat about two players who are now on the COVID-19 list. Adam Fox and Pavel Buchnevich, they I was watching keenly for that 6 p.m. update today, 5 p.m. I guess EST, and I was hoping that they would just get the old, you know, possible exposure one day on the COVID list trip to the uh, trip to the IR, but unfortunately they remained there for another day. I guess have you noticed how long people stay on the list? I kind of feel like if they're if they are COVID positive, it we'll know within the next 24 hours or so. Yeah, I think if we go beyond today, then we're really getting into some worrisome territory where we may potentially lose them for the the two weeks of, of quarantine time. I have a few things to add here. I mean, the first one is just like, keep your eye on those late week games. Uh, there's a uh, Washington, New York back to back. So it's definitely possible that if the Rangers see another positive test that I would expect that we might see another cancellation, but I think the fact that we didn't see more names go on the list today seems to be a good thing, and the Rangers were able to practice again after taking the day off on Monday. So hopefully that's good. Uh, with Fox out, though, we saw Jacob Truba send to the top power play unit, which I think is an interesting slot for him. I would definitely be streaming him in, if only, you know, at least in bangers leagues, he's already pretty useful for you, but now he has a little bit of uh, points upside. And then on the top line in Pavel Buchnevich's uh, absence, we've seen 
Colin Blackwell pop up on a unit with Artemi Panarin once again. He scored a goal from Panarin. Looking pretty good. Uh, so, I mean, that's that's more of a deep league play. But I think Truba has some some upside in 12 or 14 team leagues. Lewis, coming up, we're going to get into some hot streaks. And we're going to check into the panic room. You're listening to Short Shifts. Like any good team, hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to Short Shifts. Lewis, why don't you start us off in the hot streak section of the show? All right. Well, we are going to visit a couple of players down in Sunshine, Florida. Uh, we're going to start with Carter Verhage. Six points in his last four games played after a brief stint off that top line with Barkov. Uh, he's on pace for 64 points this season. He's got over two shots a game. Obviously, you know, not getting a lot of power play time here is unfortunate, but Barkov just looks so good, and you want whoever is going to be playing alongside him. You know, we may be living here in a world where Carter Verhage is a sustainable 60 to 65 point player so long as he is, you know, lining up next to Barkov here. And uh, that's quite impressive. I think that's somebody who you want to grab up if he, you know, if his owner got nervous um, because of the lack of top line deployment for a little while there and he's still hanging around your waiver wire, you should be running to grab him up because he certainly has shown that he can take advantage of this opportunity when it's presented. Definitely. I think that uh, I think Carter Verhege is somebody who should be owned, especially in deep leagues. Uh, We did see, uh, you know, Anthony Duclair was on that top line for a while to start the year. And then we had Frank Vetrano pop up there and he looked really good. And now the, the I guess the roulette wheel has sort of ended on Mason Marchment, who has not done too much in the spot. But, you know, there's worse streams out there if, if there's, you know, you're looking for somebody on a, an off night and, you know, exposure to Alexander Barkov is never bad. Absolutely. Another guy in Florida who is not seeing a lot of power play time but has had a great run of production is Mackenzie Wegar on the back end. Uh, a goal and six assists over the last five games, four of those assists of the primary variety. So uh, not just a bunch of fluky luck here. All at even strength, obviously, with him not getting any power play time on ice. You know, is this just because the Panthers are averaging 4.2 goals a game over this last five-game stretch? I'm not entirely sure, but the Panthers have a Saturday-Sunday back-to-back coming up, and I would have my eye on Wegar certainly, uh, as a guy who could really give you a boost, um, especially for that Sunday game, which is not a super crowded slate. Yeah, I mean, Mackenzie Wegar, his his numbers on the full season don't even look that unsustainable. You know what I mean? Like his his IPP is definitely high. I guess I should say that. You know, he's not going to have a 60% IPP as a defenseman. That's just, you know, hallowed ground for for the greatest 
the greatest defensemen who are extremely involved uh, offensively. And, and I don't think that that's who Mackenzie Weger is. But, um, you know, 50, 17 points through 28 games, I think that it might be more likely that he's uh, 12 or 13 points, that that might be more of a, you know, sustainable pace. And that would put him around 40 points. So considering the hits and the blocks and the points are there, I, I think that Mackenzie Weger is somebody who should be owned in most bangers leagues, like maybe all bangers leagues at this point. Yeah. And I think I would, I think my, my nerves would be raised a little bit more if it was mostly those secondary assists, but I'm glad to see that we're getting a lot of these primaries. That makes me feel a little more comfortable with that high IPP because it does seem like he is getting directly involved with the play. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and the nice thing looking at these numbers, like usually when you hear about a defenseman with no power play time on a 50 point pace, you look at the you look at the advanced stats and it's like, yep, shooting percentage is crazy. Yep, IPP is crazy. Yep, secondary assist is crazy. Uh, we're not seeing that here. Like it, the IPP, like we've said, is is a little high, but it's pretty. The, the numbers are pretty good. And I, I guess the nice thing for Uyghur this year, up to twenty two and a half minutes. That's a nice two and a half minute jump. But again, I mean, the the hit rate is way higher than it was last year. The blocks seem to be. Uh, I guess they're right around where they were last year. I'm I'm into Mackenzie Weger. Yeah, you love a guy who gives you a solid floor. Hey, let's head on over to the panic room because we've got to talk about a guy down in Arizona who we've got to start having a little bit of concern. He has been a fantasy darling most of the season. Ben, you want to tell us about what's going on? Sure. We're uh, yeah, we're down in the desert uh, where Connor Garland has has brought us into the panic room, and actually he he may have brought us into the panic room for a different reason earlier because he took a shot to the face. That led to a five-minute major penalty for Arizona earlier tonight. He appeared to be okay back in the game. Uh, but Connor Garland, zero points in his last four prior to tonight, of course. Only three shots over that period. And that's kind of the weird thing with Connor Garland, uh, with, with this cold stretch for Garland. Because he was shooting so much to to start the year. And that's that's what really put me on to Garland, where... You know, early on, there's a lot of players who who run hot, and we sort of we poo-poo a lot of players in the in the first couple months, pour cold water on them, as a uh, as Elon says about Brian. But I, I think that Connor Garland was somebody that a lot of people very early on were were like, no, this looks very sustainable. But a lot of that was based on this massive uptick of shots. Now he's kind of back down to his career average of two and a half. And lately, he's not really playing a ton of minutes either. I mean, 18, 19 minutes is good in his last two games, but he's been down in the 15 and 16 minute range over the last four or five games. And then tonight, we see him demoted down to line three with Derek Broussard and Drake Kajula. He did have seven points in the six games before that. And, you know, he's still getting top power play. It's not like I think Connor Garland is bad now, but I definitely don't think he's the must hold in like 12 team leagues that I kind of thought he was when I thought that he was maybe a lock to get up to the 70, 75 point range. He's looking a bit more like a 60 to 65 point guy, the way he's being used and the way he's shooting the last couple weeks. So that's, that's sort of where I'm at with Connor Garland. I would say that my concern level is at a four, not that I, I think that you have to drop him everywhere, but just that I think he may not be who we thought he was. Oh, man, I feel like you might be looking right at my notes. I also am a four. The thing that has me worried is the shooting and also Kessel's emergence as a more reliable scorer, at least, you know, in, in the last little while for Arizona. And I think maybe that is taking some of the focus away from making 
uh, Garland, kind of that trigger man when he's out there. Uh, the demotion, obviously, is not great. I did see that Lawson Krauss took a misconduct in the first period uh, that might open up that a second-line slot for him, at least for tonight. I want to see kind of how those lines shake out in the aftermath. So we may see kind of a temporary mirage here where we talk about him being dropped to that third line, and then when we check the frozen tools tomorrow, we might see him with a little bit better deployment. So things are very much up in the air. I've got him in an eight-person league where I've kind of been snoozing for a little while where I've been on cruise control, uh, and I think I am going to have to to cut ties with him here, barring an outstanding performance uh, as the night continues. So, yes, I definitely think that, you know, if Garland moves back up the lineup right away, I think that that's what should happen. And that's it will ring alarm bells for me if he doesn't move right up the lineup, I guess, is what I should say. Then then I would be way more worried because to me, I, I don't think that the line three, I, I don't see how it could be permanent. You know what I mean? He's just been he's carried the offense at points. Lewis, that's all the time we have for tonight. Why don't you read us out of here? All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Please sure to give us a follow at Short Shifts KK. Brian and Elon at Keeping Carlson, of course. Dave Benton of the Stream Scheme at NHL Stream Scheme. Visit the great sites we research our episodes with at Yahoo, Frozen Tools, Roto World, Natural, Statric, and Cacupful.com. Our intro and outro music was created by Pat Roach. And until we see you next time, play smart and keep your shifts short. Short.